I read from Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived. Following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our world, uh, in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up from him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. An idiom is a phrase or expression of which the actual meaning is different from the meaning of each word separately. Idioms confuse people learning the language, and Americans use a lot of idioms. Phillips University always had a few foreign students. Families would invite them from time to time for weekends, and one family invited a foreign student, and she was cutting up a chicken. And the student said, what are you doing? And she says, well, I'm dressing this chicken. And then she looked at the clock and said, well, I better go upstairs and dress the children for church. The student was horrified. If we say someone is under the weather, most Americans understand the person is not feeling weather. A non-American might wonder why a person would stand outside in the rain and what that has to do with him or her missing work. Unless it's raining cats and dogs, which is very unusual storm of airborne house pets, but that would certainly explain the reason of one's absence from work. Of course, if one does make it to work, 
they must pitch in and be on the ball and face the music. Well, you get the idea. Some idioms are really confusing, especially when they refer to another person. The late comedian Joan Rivers freely admitted that she was a piece of work. The documentary documentary about her is called Joan Rivers, A Piece of Work. The documentary followed her for 14 months, mostly when she was 75 years of age. This was written about the documentary. It makes an effort to peel away the mask and expose the struggles, sacrifices, and joy of living life as a groundbreaking female performer. The film earned high critical praise. The late Roger Ebert wrote that Joan Rivers, a piece of work, is fascinating and has a lot of laughs in it. It's more than that. It's the portrait of a woman who will not accept defeat, who will not slow down, who must prove herself over and again, a brave and stubborn woman, smart as a whip, superbly skilled. She was superbly skilled, not only at being funny, but at being mean, opinionated, harsh, almost abusive, critical, and more. She was a piece of work. But this expression is not always used in a negative context. The Oxford English Dictionary cites the first use of the phrase piece of work occurring in the year 1473 as referring to a product or something manufactured. Even today, piecework refers to work paid for according to the amount uh, produced. The original meaning was all about making something useful. The word masterpiece refers to an outstanding piece of art. Here is in the second chapter of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, in effect, calls the Ephesians a piece of work or pieces of work. Paul seems to put this whole idiomatic discussion into perspective by comparing the relative value of the product to the one who is doing the making. It is a before and after look at human beings who before putting their faith in Christ are the piece of work or the ruler of the power of the air. After Jesus begins working in their lives, they are God's worksmanship. Pieces of work made to work for God's glory. A piece of work before. Paul begins by plainly telling the Ephesians that both coming to Christ, they were dead 
before through the trespasses and sins in which they once lived, following the course of this world and following the ruler of the power of the earth, the spirit at work in those who were disobedient. Some scholars suggest that Paul's use trespasses and sins was for the benefit of the Jews and the Gentiles. Jews trespassed against the law of God knowing that they were trespassing. While the Gentiles had no idea their pagan lifestyle was an offense to God. Both, however, were subject to the ruler of the power of the air who was at work manufacturing them into children of wrath. Before faith in Christ, human beings are real pieces of work who are driven by the passions of our flesh following the desires of flesh and senses. Paul says we weren't what we were created to be. And it's all because we allowed ourselves to be shaped and manufactured by the course of this world. A piece of work after. In the coming of Christ, God has taken over the manufacturing process in order to restore human beings to pieces of work that are not only God's masterful handiwork, but are also useful for God's purposes. Two of the most powerful words in the scripture are found in verse four. Those words are, but God. Despite our being useful, dead pieces of the devil's work, God did not give up on humans created in the image of God. The God who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God entered into our broken condition and repurposed us for his work by defeating death and sin along with it. This is the grace by which we have been saved, not just saved from the work of sin and death, but more importantly, saved for the works of God intended us to undertake from the beginning. Here's that before and after again a piece of work from. Salvation is not just reserved for some later heavenly glory. We have already been raised with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In other words, the work of Christ has made it possible for us to take control over the powers that once controlled us. At this point, our lives take on new beginnings, new purpose. All of this is through God's grace. It is not the result of our own works. 
It is through the gift of God's grace working in us that we are saved. God has to take over the manufacturing process or we remain broken and useless. A piece of work four. We are also saved for the work God has prepared for us to do. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for us to do. The purpose of God's work of salvation is to renew us and enable us to join in his work. Humans are originally created to be God's representatives, to care for the earth and reflect God's glory and God's good creation. We are created as God's crowning masterpiece of creation, created in God's image to do God's work in the world. Sin mars that image when we turn our work from reflecting God's glory to attempting to be like God's ourselves. However, God has given us the grace and the way to reclaim our original mission, to be created in Christ for God's good works. Because of God's grace, we can look to everyone around us, even those pieces of works who seem to be hopeless cases and recognize that God's grace can change them into a masterpiece. If we have been transformed by God's grace otherwise, we can and should testify to that fact and help others to know the experience and experience what God has done for them in Christ. Actually, that is a big part of the work God has prepared us to do. We are God's piece of work, made so that we can work for God. You are a piece of work, God's work. And that's a good thing. Amen.